Hello, and welcome to Guidelines' continuing series of Green Elephant Better Business interviews. In this series, we are chatting with key people in companies which have chosen to focus on social and environmental performance, public transparency, and legal accountability to purposefully balance people and planet with profit. Today, I've been joined by Magnus Wood of the Kindness Corporation. Now, the Kindness Corporation is on a mission to create as many workplaces as possible where kindness is embedded in an organization's culture and operating system. He works with leaders and teams and individuals, and they unlock the power of kindness at work. Now, Magnus Wood is the co-founder of the Kindness Corporation uh, and has a purpose to elevate the value of kindness at work. He says kindness is an essential strategy for sustainable success in an increasingly uncertain world. Welcome to the Green Elephant Show, Magnus. Thank you very much for having me, Russell. It's a real pleasure to be on. Thank you. And, and I always love to start with an uh, elephant in the room question. As Especially the one right next to you. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I had to get one just so I could ask the elephant in the room question. Um, so what is kindness? That's a really good question. It's actually a question I uh, ask lots of people on pretty much a daily basis. Um, and I get all sorts of answers. Um, the one that I think is practically most useful is that kindness um, leaves everyone and everything better. So kindness leaves everyone and everything better. So if you think about it in a work context, which is very much uh, where myself and my business and, and my co-founder are, are focused, if you think about a meeting, Meeting, you know, if you went into a meeting and it was the meeting was a bit rubbish, people weren't focusing on, you know, that meeting themselves, you know, they had their phones out, their laptops out, they're coming in late and all the rest of it. That's not really a kind meeting, is it? But if you go in and you set the intent that everyone's going to walk out, you're going to have made some great decisions, you're going to move things forward, everyone's contributed, that's kind, that's leaving everyone and everything better. So that's a, a really simple and quite binary way of looking at kindness, which is at the end of this interaction with, with somebody, you know, an interaction with the planet even, is, is it in a better place? Yeah, and, and of course in sustainability terms, kindness, what, what you're suggesting in, and we'll talk about your book in a bit, is that, is that kindness is, is part of our sustainability journey. 100%, you know, being kind to the planet is, is, is a really simple way of, of looking at it. You know, are you, you know, are you giving back more than you're taking out? It's really as simple as that. That's not only kind, it's also sensible and, as we know, absolutely essential. So, you know, things like, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, net zero is not kind. You know, we should be regenerating as much as we possibly can. That's kind. Yeah. So, yeah, that good point, because there's a lot of basically we're trying to balance the scales but actually we've got to swing the scales the other way nowadays don't we and that, that's the kind of thing mm. um yeah okay that's good can i step back a little bit a little bit more about just on magnus wood the person and mm -hmm. how you got to uh focus on kindness as a uh as a business opportunity mm. not say opportunity but uh, a business focus yeah yeah um so a couple of things uh i i have been lucky enough to have uh, worked in and run businesses for toxic holding companies and worked in some pretty toxic organizations over, over my time. I've also worked for some wonderful places and run some wonderful places as well. So I've got over 30 years of commercial experience running big uh, outfits, you know, 
my big PLs. Um, and I always believed that, uh, and still do, that the role of a leader really is to create an environment for people to do their best work, flourish, you know, go into work, you know, looking forward to the day, leave work, you know, feeling fulfilled and, and looking forward to the next day. Um, you don't see that as much as you as, as one would like. Um, yeah. So in 2019, when I, I left one of the, uh, the my last toxic company, um, I uh, basically set up a culture change business, uh, just helping people sort of rearrange the, their cultures around values and purpose, uh, that kind of good stuff. Um, and then uh, COVID uh, hit. Um, mm. But just before COVID, I'd had um, three of my clients all ask me pretty much within weeks of each other about how they could create kinder working environments. So I'm a great believer that, uh, you know, the universe gives you these messages when, you know, three people are asking the same question at the same time, then look into it. COVID obviously hit. So I basically spent the time when we were all hunkered in, you know, wherever, wherever we were hunkered down in, yeah. um, uh, doing the largest meta-analysis. So basically reading every academic paper book management theory everything I could find on kindness but specifically kindness at work and I discovered that it wasn't that much because it's not something that people talk about that much in a work environment but everything I found pointed to kindness being a force multiplier in, in the sense that when when individuals and organizations and especially led from the top but also you know when kindness activists throughout an organization when when people are being kind and encouraging kindness everything you want to see positively goes up trust innovation creativity teamwork productivity you know all the stuff you want to go up goes up um so i, I learned all that um during lockdown and um as we started to to emerge from it i thought right okay i wrote a book, The Kindness Code, which is kind of like my, my calling card as much as anything else, uh, where I, I basically put down all of this research and then gave some actionable steps that people can take to, to bring kindness to, to, to their own life and to, and to work. Um, and now I've set out uh, as a business uh, and it's the most fulfilling thing that I have ever done. And so that's why I, I, I stick with it. You know, I kind of was drawn to it through, uh, through just chance as much as anything else. And, and, and COVID gave me the opportunity to, to really dig into it and, and make a business of it. Oh, it's fascinating. Going back to three clients in a short period of time, coming up with the same word. Obviously, there's a, there's a big drive and we're just exiting out of the, the buzz um, of COP. 26 and everything's been about sustainability and regeneration and and it and all these buzzwords floating around i don't recollect there ever being uh, being necessarily a committee on kindness where do you think this kindness this drive to find a kinder workplace has come from in these businesses um i think that there are multiple forces at play there are so if we if we start with uh, with sustainability in COP twenty six and and I know you're a B Corp the whole B Corp movement so mm -hmm. there's there's absolutely an increasing understanding that you know business can and should be a force for good uh, and you know it's not just about making profits so so there's a whole growing uh, you know sort of collection of you know conscious capitalists you know conscious leaders call them what you like people who who want to do good in in the work that they do you know clearly you know some your great organizations like unilever for example that want to make a profit and and need to make a profit because they have shareholders but also know that they can fundamentally improve millions of lives and, and so so you've got that going on you've also got uh the sort of the the younger workforce so you know the gen z's kind of millennials you've got the you know the the, the people who have been 
been in the in the workforce for some time, some of them, who are not prepared to work in ways that uh, that we perhaps have, were brought up. You know, they're not prepared to be talked to. They're not uh, they're not prepared to have this sort of outdated hierarchical command and control structures. You know, they're not prepared mm. to have innovation and their desire for activism that they express in other elements of their life not reflected in work. So so they're they're genuinely asking for for kinder working environments what what you find is that the that kindness within a work context is not something that people have talked about traditionally because you know our models of business are dog eat dog you know it's competitive we talk about market share we use army analogies all of these things that were relevant in a, an industrialized society in a post second world war time but now where where business is fundamentally different uh, and look at this this is this is kind of like business we're, in, we're on a screen talking to each other um, that there is there's, there's a there's a massive place for kindness and and what what uh, what myself and uh, my co-founder Carl are finding is that um really over just sort of month on month, week on week, there's a greater appreciation of the power of kindness. And obviously it's, a, you know, we talk about we are the sharp point of a movement that is already happening. And like most movements, they it's a groundswell and you kind of like you know, it suddenly appears and it appears like it's appeared from nowhere but in fact it's just been happening all around and then it reached reaches the tipping point so i'm very confident and I really do believe in 2022 that you know, kindness uh, within the work context is going to be something that we'll we'll be hearing about a lot it's interesting as you as you were speaking there and and about the gen z and and the and the upcoming workforce which are are looking for a different experience a non perhaps non-traditional experience how how are businesses being a how are they adapting you know especially these largely you talked about unilever i mean that is one massive culture to try and shift to a a different way of working to support an upcoming workforce wouldn't it be easier to just mold um the youngsters into the old traditional um ways and therein i think you know lies some some conflict so you know that there were there was before covid you know you, there was sort of kind of memes going around and things like that about snowflakes in the workplace want to be promoted within five minutes and all of that and what that represented was was really uh, the older workforce trying coming to terms trying to come to terms with with these people who, who, who are working in fundamentally different ways in reality the, the goals that people have of all generations are kind of the same they want work that's fulfilling that pays them the right amount of money that they enjoy they feel has meaning uh, you know that's what you know that's what people want we know that and we know that we've just done a, a survey of the UK working population in the US and the states and they tell that very clearly but what is is very clear is that you know particularly people who are younger are looking for meaning in their work you know they don't they're not just looking for something that is about a, a, a paycheck basically i mean i'm playing devil's advocate it, it, kindness uh, you, you mentioned a number of benefits to kindness in a business is is there a danger that kindness can spill over into a lack of discipline i mean a business still needs to be controlled and compliant and organized and mm. spring comes into that can, can how, how do they live in balance 
So um, I'll, I'll give you a quote from somebody, but, uh, but what I'll just do is um, it, she used the word compassionate. So compassionate is about, is really kindness related to suffering. So it's seeing somebody suffering and kind of acting accordingly. Um, and so Brené Brown, who's you know tremendously smart and influential woman said, compassionate people, so for that read kind people, kind people have boundaries of steel. So what that, that means is that that's about kindness to self, that's about kindness in the way that you operate, it's about kindness in the way that we all operate. So, so, so discipline actually plays really clearly into that because if you think about a team, a team that works kindly, everyone knows their role. They kind of, they know what the objectives are and, but they also have, because they work kindly, they have psychological safety in that environment. So they can conflict but in ways that are constructive, that are disciplined, I suppose would be another way to, to put about it. So, so kindness isn't about being nice and just letting people do what they want to do. Kindness is, is really about creating environments in which people flourish. And that's often by giving people boundaries. Okay, so in that case, where does kindness have to start? I mean, let's just take the bigger organizations. Is, is it at the top down? Is it kind of the bottom up affect it or is it something that needs to to kind of permeate across the whole culture? I think the in many senses, the answer is is all of those things. What <laughs> what 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 we know to be true is that when when leaders so that at all levels, you know, manager level right through to the kind of the C-suite, when they model the kind of behavior that they want to have seen in the organization, that's one of the fastest ways to spread kindness within an organization. So, you know, frequently we're asked to work with uh, senior leadership teams who basically are fighting with each other and and so they're, they're kind of modeling bad behavior that, that mm. everyone in the organization knows about so so very much it's about those in charge and those who manage people to model kind behavior but then it's about um everybody feeling that they are empowered to bring kindness to work in it uh, in any way and every day and this is one of the really powerful things about kindness is that you can go into your work or go onto a zoom call or whatever it is and show kindness and that will benefit you know yourself it will benefit the people that you share kindness with but also that will encourage them to go and share and spread kindness to other people so when we work with organizations we're very focused on you know what actions and how, and how to leaders model and behave in kind ways but also we what we do is we we encourage what we call kindness activists so we we help them recruit people throughout the organization who because of the nature of who they are because of you know the fact they're quite networked individuals you know they're probably outgoing people you know they like the idea of kindness and wow. we, we assist them to spread kindness throughout the organization and as a, the last answer um I've, we've got a, a book coming out uh, at the start of the year um there's a whole chapter in, in it about being a kindness activist at work so how you individually can bring kindness to to where you work as a, as a way of making you know work better for yourself and for the, the people around you now now for people watching on uh youtube you i'm watching you slowly being consumed by by, by a line of sunshine which oh is, that's funny I, I will move there you go <laughs> both kind and cruel to you i can just imagine yeah you yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the sun for you there you go <laughs> it was quite funny i was just watching it going across the page <laughs> not laughing at you but laughing with no no you. that's that's fine that would be uh, I mean, on that point you know how zoom can be deemed very impersonal can it i mean it it, it is it can be a bit sterile 
Um, how, how can a, a, a leader or anybody that's participating in a Zoom call be kinder? Um, one of the things about, about video calls is that we literally um, see into people's uh, lives. So I'm currently at a friend's house and uh, <laughs> my friend is making breakfast over there. So if you yeah. hear breakfast noises, that's it. But, but you know, the, there's a humanity to, to the way that we're interacting, which I think in a way we wouldn't, we wouldn't have known where people lived and how people lived and, and what they did. What's really interesting about Zoom and, and kind of video calls and all of this, that the, there are a couple of things that are really sort of worth calling out. The first of which is, um, you know, we have operated in this way for quite some time now. We're sort of coming up to two, year, two years of it. Um, mm my business uh, has was is in probably entirely built on video calls you know I have very few me meetings and in fact as of this point which is November the 18th 2021 my business partner and I have never physically met and we have a business together and we have never physically met so we have interacted uh, over video calls and, and the like for you know since since last year and we've never met so 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 there's some of the possibilities that you can create a business with people that you never never met Kindfest, which is a, uh, an online festival of kindness, which has had its second year. It's on World Kindness Day on the November the 13th. Um, the team who organized that and put that together, and I was part of the, or both of these, again, have never physically met. So, so you know, you can, you can really interact with people. You can get to know people. Uh, um, but there's a second thing which is really important about this way of working. And we, we, I talked about boundaries a, a minute or two ago is that and it'll come i'll i'm not going to share what my tip's going to be uh, now but it, it sort of will make sense when i do share it it's really yep. important to set boundaries well, feeder, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really important to set boundaries when when we work this this way so because i was talking to somebody the, um, yesterday she said basically i roll out of bed you know i've got my first meeting at eight o'clock i've got you know straight in my hair kind of like i'm i'm on and i'm on video through right and through to till I go to bed and because we can and and the boundaries between work and life have really got confused at the moment you know it's a real problem for people at the moment so there you go a couple of answers on on using video yeah okay so we so I suppose we we've we've transitioned over we is it is it how have businesses survived? How have businesses survived by being, by essentially being unkind? I mean, unkind would suggest an active desire to create a toxic workplace, but instead of a, you know, not correcting long-standing faults. How are businesses surviving? Or is it just the world is changing around us and kindness is, is the new, new business requirement and we need to step up to the plate? Uh, 100%. Uh, so Cole, my business partner, and I talk about our, our work helping to redefine work for the next hundred years by basically yeah. putting people at the centre of it. People have forgotten, uh, uh, and maybe some people never knew, that <clears throat> every business outcome that you want depends on people. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, every, every market share point, every innovation, everything, you know, every kind of 
share increase, whatever it is, depends on the people that you work in your organization and the people that you partner with. And so, so th this is, this is why kindness is so powerful because yes. kindness makes workplaces more human and brings out the best in people. So to go to your question about why do these uh, organizations survive or, or are they surviving, you know, in some some level there's a part a small part of me which is the unkind part of me which is one of the people the toxic organization i work for has just had half its um, share value wiped out because they're basically people are questioning the governance of that organization and fundamentally having worked in there and having reported to to the board and been a board member i know that they are not very nice people and so so the simple reality is that those days of hierarchical command and control, you know, do as I say, not as I do, all of that sort of stuff, just it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't work anymore. So, I mean, this is fascinating. I mean, there's probably tons of questions as a reason you run a, <laughs> a consultancy to do this, but that are we, are, is, is there, is command and control, as you called it, that that kind of top-down driven mm. hierarchical deep hierarchical mm. is is that just not effective in it in a in a kinder organization is is a kinder organization flatter or more orbital or what what is what is so it it's a fair, like? so really clear example of of kindness at work is um is we're doing some work with a uh, a health provider that provides health services for the national health so pretty much if you went to see a nurse you'd think you're seeing an nhs person you're actually seeing you know one of this cic that provides it um yeah. and uh they they have certain bands there's one band which is sort of people who are kind of head awards you know that sort of level who have basically uh all of the responsibility and none of the power so, so so they are kind of you know confronted with you know work and pressures and and the pressures of covid all the rest of it but they they don't have the power to make operational decisions on a day-to-day -day basis based on their experience and, and and being there that would make them and their colleagues work uh, that much easier and better and more enjoyable so it's what there's a there's a kind of fancy term which is used which is called self-management basically it means giving the, the giving the power to the people at the, at the coal faces if we're or in the ward or yeah. in, the, in the meeting room to, to make the decisions that they think are best in order to get the the results that are the right results for everybody fundamentally that goes to trust it's trusting people will do the right thing and people are always you know pretty much always well-intentioned and want yeah. the best for everybody so so it's it's really you know you don't need hierarchies you just need to to give power to where to where it's needed most and you know and and not in boardrooms and not in management trying to kind of manage and control people just you know let the people who are doing the work get on and do it so a lack of empowerment as we yeah. would have perhaps have you empowered that person to do that job fully <laughs> Yeah. which is like rings in my head from my yeah. my big corporate days um it, it is unkind yeah yeah absolutely a hundred percent and that's you know when people when people get that and i say well that's actually truly being kind which is you know you know in you know helping people empower themselves you know and uh, another example from this health provider is that somebody told me yesterday somebody uh did some really good work and they phoned up the deputy CEO to say, oh, can I buy that person a bunch of flowers? And, and, and that's, you know, that's ridiculous that they yeah. didn't think that they could do that. And, yeah. and that, 
that holds an organization back, you know, yes. that, that whole because it holds people back, so it holds the organization back. Yes, I do like that. Isn't this going to be a problem for control freaks? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> who would want to be a control freak? You know, well, who would want to, but we Life is very stressful, wouldn't we? <laughs> Everyone's worked for a control freak. You won't let go of the reins. And the, uh, it's also, you know, it's one of those great lessons in life, which is, you know, understanding what you can control and what you can influence. And, you know, part of the stress of being a control freak is that you're essentially trying to control things that you can't really control that only maybe you have an influence over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So is there, yeah, as with every business, uh, we, we, we head, head towards the bottom line because fact in pounds, shillings and oh, how am I? Pounds and pence. <laughs> <laughs> so plunged to a time way before my, my birth time. Really. Um, uh, the, 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 the bottom line, financial bottom line, has always been the stable measure for corporation success what how, how what's the new measure that we should be looking for because it's very difficult to measure kindness is it or isn't it no uh, uh you're asking that question uh i think it's always about the triple should be about the triple bottom line so what 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 impacts are you creating on people the people who work for work with you for you the you know the communities that you're in you know it's it's all of those things so it's it's people profits is you know are you you know what are you doing with your profits you know you just mm -hmm. siphon them off to a few elites you know you just have to look at you know c-suite pay versus kind of the, the pay of most normal people and that's that's abhorrent that you know there's no reason that some of these people are getting as much money as they, as they should be and then yeah. it's then it's about planetary impact as well you know sort of it's you know what are you doing to to, to impact the the planet in a in a positive way so so you know modern contemporary businesses are are, are thinking in, in in that way can you measure kindness yes you can um so we have just launched what we call the kindness index which is basically uh, a way of uh, you profiling your business and looking at how kind your business is across a whole set of different measures loosely around people planet and profit but you know slightly mm -hmm. bigger than that um, it will and does give you an indication of of how well you are doing and as an advisory will give you sort of areas that you can work on in, in terms of to sort of improve your performance and and, you know if you're doing well do do better um but also the other thing that it does is uh, is basically compare you you as an organization with your peers but also with best in class as well this is completely new uh nobody does anything like this and we have literally just launched uh, that essentially last week well uh, i'll look forward to diving deeper in, into that when i when i get a chance um how how do you go where would you start with a business so you 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 get called in and you you know the board has said i think we need to be kinder i think maybe or there's a lot of calls for us to be kinder um where do you start um well there's a couple of ways you could uh you could go to the kindnesscorporation.com and uh complete uh, uh, basically a short survey that will will give you um give you give will give us some data on on your organization and your priorities uh and what we do is we basically have a call very much like this and we talk through you know what what where you are you know how you compare to others and and, and where you want to be and then kind of what you could do about it um 
so that's that's one way uh, of, of starting really i think is probably the most effective way to start is to kind of get some data on, on on where you currently are uh because then when you have data you can then make decisions and and, and have actions as a consequence so that's you know that's really i think the core to starting some of the projects we do um uh so i do a Quite a bit of work where I have conversations with people at all levels throughout the organization to really understand where kindness is, what the lived experience of kindness is in that organization. And then we advise uh, in terms of things to do to change it. So for example, if I go back to the health service provider, it's about giving more power to people uh, in, in the wards and other places where they need just need to get on with their jobs properly. Yeah, so it, it, I I definitely subscribe to the, uh, the, the that element of kindness and being able to give people that that power to do the job they've been employed to do. As I said, I got I got hundreds of questions. We could carry on for ages, and we haven't got for ages. I'm I'm going to dive. I, I looked at read through your book, and the book um, is called the the Kindness Code: Seven Keys. Unlocking the power of kindness available as an ebook, which is um, as I got it. What, what in what, why put your thoughts down in a book? Just I'm just intrigued. You see, so many people have turned their hands to writing. What was this just a way of, of you being able to bring everything? In? It's quite a succinct book. I do love it. It was easy to read, it was so easy. <clears throat> Yeah, I think <clears throat> so. The book does a couple of things. The book pulls together all of the research evidence that I found uh, as I was researching kindness at work. So, you know, if you wanted to look, find a place where you could learn about kindness, increasing trust, you know, all of these things, it's it's all in there. So it's the most comprehensive, you know, kind of compendium of of that 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 data. The, the, the book also tells a story uh, of two individuals that uh, sort of unfolds across across the, the book, which yeah. really um, helps, hopefully helps bring the power of kindness uh, to, to life and, and makes it um, you know, more accessible to, to the reader. But essentially, what, why did I do it? I did it because I wanted to make a statement about the power of kindness at work. Mm. I wanted uh, you know, everybody to feel that everybody at any level in any kind of organization could bring kindness to work and make a difference today um, and then I through the seven keys uh, to, to unlock it I really wanted to give people a sort of a starter a framework for, for ways they could think about doing that that's why I wrote it okay but of course if they need any help getting it implemented into their business kindness corporation is a place to go mm -hmm. so you dedicated the book to uh, your your daughters Alice and Olivia mm -hmm. do they think you're kind uh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, they they when they've sort of you know heard what I was doing, they said, "Yeah, that fits with who you are." Then. All right. Okay. So it aligned to your your general ethos. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm saying because always with um, with kids balancing kindness with discipline again is it's always always well. I suppose it's kind to be disciplinarian. If uh, it's absolutely, yeah. it may not be seen. You know, that's the thing about kindness. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I've had to lay people off. I've had to make decisions and do things that people don't yeah. think are kind, but they may not have all of the data. They and they they may. I've had people thank me. You know, sort of in months months afterwards. You know, because they've moved on to somewhere else that it wasn't working for them. So, you know, sometimes to be kind, you've you know, you've got to do the hard things. Yeah, fair enough. So, have you got? You, you mentioned you had a tip. Hmm. 
um, uh, that you could share with us. Uh, so you've given us a teaser. Now, now you need to give us the detail. So the the first key of the kindness code is to acknowledge the power of kindness. So uh, I hope uh, uh, our listeners and viewers uh, are going to walk away from this. As I said, kindness makes everyone and everything better. I hope they're going to walk away from this going, you know what, I haven't realized that kindness is quite as powerful and, and profound as it is. The second key is uh, be kinder on yourself. And uh, it is, if it's the oxygen mask analogy, which is if you want to help somebody, then then help yourself first. Put, put yourself in a position where you where you are an example of kindness to yourself so you can be an example of kindness to others. Uh, and you know, this is particularly true and relevant in the ways that we're working now. If we're working remotely, we're sitting in front of these screens, mm. you know, we're not giving ourselves boundaries, um, you know, we're just going back to back meetings, uh, you know, grabbing lunch, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're probably sitting at home, you know, it's, we should be more relaxed and feeling better about things. So, so the, the, that second key, being kind to yourself was really born out of the, the experiences that people were sharing with me about work and lack of boundaries. So, you know, I'd always, I'm a great lover of nature. You know, if you're able to get out, go for a walk, just spend some time just recharging, if it, even if it's only 10 minutes, because that 10 minutes will, will make the next hour that much happier and more productive and better for you and for the people that you're working with. Yeah, so much easier to think that kind of, to a certain extent that kindness is about how you respond to somebody else or how you deal with somebody else um but actually yeah i like that i thought that it kind of starts at home sort of thing it has to start here if you um yeah that's, that's great brilliant so if there's something that anybody could have a, a watch or read of what would you recommend um i'm gonna recommend <laughs> I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna no. Oh, the new book, new book will obviously be awesome, and uh, look oh, out well, for it come out the start of the start of the year. Um, I would recommend Ted Lasso, which is uh, anyone seen it? It's the uh, it's on Apple. Uh, in the fact, football. it's so good it got me to um, subscribe to Apple TV. And why? Do, and I'm I'm sort of quite early into it. And I think it's it's a good example of kindness. It's a good example of positivity. It's a great story about you know overcoming odds and 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 the rest of it. I, I just think it's one of those things. If you're going to watch some television, you know, watch something that's uplifting and kind of you know makes you makes you feel good. I like that because it, it's I I like off the wall type recommendations because mm. they they aren't isn't the the off the shelf book thing i'm not saying not disparaging anybody that's recommended a book from us because uh, i've had some great reads off the back of it including your own um mm. but yeah it's, it's nice to watch something which is light-hearted lifts the spirit yeah. yeah that's great so are you ready for some fact or fake yes I'm, I'm moving position again so the youtube yeah yeah there's the sun some of the this isn't my house it's a friend's house so i'm just dreadfully the poor chap dreadfully plagued with the lovely light living area. <laughs> uh, and you've already pulled the curtains. So some so I've got some some statements for you. I I fear I fear for my uh, my ability to win this one. Um because <laughs> because I think you know your subject pretty well and I'm gonna lose, but we'll have a go. Um I have I, I've got four actually, uh, mainly because I got fearful of one of them. I'm going to give you all for a statement might be right, might uh, might have modified it significantly enough for it to be very wrong. And you've got to guess. 
all work it out. So number one, perpetually kind people have 23% less cortisol, the stress hormone, and age two times slower than the average population. Is that a fact or is that a fake? I would say that's a fact. Oh, see, I told you you knew your subject too well. <laughs> I thought it was quite fascinating. I read at some length um, some research papers that, that suggest that you slow down aging by being kind. Absolutely. There's a study conducted in the States where they did a, I wouldn't want to be in the control sample, basically it was a control sample of people who had retired who were not doing volunteering work, weren't being kind, versus a group who were, and the group who were were outliving the other guys. So moral of the story, when you retire, do some voluntary work, you might live a bit longer. Yeah, and you might even look a little less ragged on the way exactly. through. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's an interesting uh, twist on the kindness um, subject. Bill and Melinda Gates top the Forbes list of the most philanthropic billionaires with a net worth of $120 billion and a lifetime giving of $29.8 billion. Is that a fact or a fake? I think it's probably true. Yeah. A fact? Yeah. It's a fake. Ah. You, the, the actual is Warren Buffett. Is um, it? Yes. Well, he, he does it more quietly. He does. And I suppose there's the story. Uh, he has a net worth of 88 billion, which is less, but has given 42.8 and has pledged to give away 99% of his wealth. Wow. Um, giving is not the be all and end all of kindness, is it? Yeah. I suppose that's what I want. I got out of that is, you know, people go, oh, I was kind. I gave to charity. That's that's not what we're talking about in kindness, holy, is it? Yeah, but if if then you go off and, and do things that make people unhappy and, and has a negative impact on the planet, then then you can't really offset that, you know, that money you put in a charity. Oh, kindness offset. Have we thought <laughs> I could be unkind to these people because I've been really kind to this Yeah, long. it doesn't work that way. No, oh so, okay, it's such a shame. Perhaps we should think about that when we're thinking about carbon. Hmm. <laughs> uh yeah, that's a sorry. Pet, pet subject of mine. Um, I, I, I won't go into that now. <laughs> okay, so uh, one each. No, number three. Witnessing acts of kindness produces cortisol, um, occasionally referred to as the kindness hormone, which aids in lowering blood pressure and improving our overall heart health. Is that yes. a factor or fake? Witnessing, hearing about, seeing, even rem remembering acts of kindness uh, produces all these happy hormones and neurotransmitters. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to give you a half point on that because it's not cortisol. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. I did think about that, but I just thought I glossed over it because I, I I know that you know that, that that kindness is that powerful. You just looking at it makes you happy. But yeah, yeah, I I, I changed it from oxytocin, um, yes. uh, a real a real deep hormone, um, <laughs> which ages. Well, oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine. But not cortisol. So you got me there because I wasn't yeah. paying attention properly. That's right. <laughs> I'm so keen to give you my answer. Bit of a twist. You're so keen, but you are right. Oh, well, you're absolutely right. Is that but I'll take the half point. That's kind witnessing of witnessing it, just witnessing somebody yeah. else being kind. I saw something else which also said that um, witnessing an act of kindness as a, as a three person ripple. Hmm. So there's you, the person you're kind to, the person that watched it, and the person they tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and and that that's that's a fascinating impacted you your one point of access can you know your kindness mm. can affect you know a magnitude of three mm. uh, i'd love that okay 
So the decider comes down to a survey which did or didn't say 67% of UK adults agreed that it's important to look after their own needs as well as be kind to others and 41% agreed that they try to make sure they make time to be kind to themselves. So 67% agreed it's important to look after their own needs and 41% agreed that they try to make time to do so. Is that a fact or a fake? I would, I'd like it to be a fact. So I think, you know, cause I'd like it for people to be considering that they would look after themselves. I'd like the number to be higher, but I'll go for fact cause I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> your, your obviously your wealth and knowledge on give you a good balance of what is realistic so yes you're right that was a fact um and we'll publish all of the sources i got those right. from, um so that people can can uh, argue with them because that, <laughs> that tends to happen <laughs> oh yeah but that was it was sample size was too small or too yeah, yeah. it wasn't control yeah okay as we've always said on the show, facts are, are there to be <laughs> to be uh, to disputed. Brilliant. Well, OK, uh, two and a half to one and a half. I'll accept that um, uh, that defeat. Uh, Graciously, uh, kindly. And kindly. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Sir. And I do really uh, appreciate you coming on and, uh, and talking to us about kindness. Thanks very much for joining yeah, us. Like thank you very much indeed. Thank you for having me, Russell. Thanks for listening to Guidelines Green Elephant Show. We really hope that you found it both informative and entertaining. Make sure you don't miss any of our chats with other organisations by subscribing to either our podcast, which is available on all good providers, or the Green Elephant YouTube channel. Please don't forget to spread the word with others. If you have any questions about being or becoming a B Corp or any comments and suggestions about the show, please do get in touch. You can email studio at greenelephant.show or visit our website, greenelephant.show. Or you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube or Twitter by searching for Green Ellipod or The Green Elephant Show. And you can also review the show on Google and Apple Podcasts. Join us next time. In the meantime, we hope you have a sustainable and socially responsible week.